way we consume and share news today it is largely rooted in social media outlets. The reason why I decided it's crucial to look at what's being discussed online. From the hottest issues to trends for our daily social media minute, we're joined by Yerika. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you too. It's another brand new week and it's going to be freezing apparently. Yep, it is. We're going to get to that in a little bit. <laughs> All right. Uh, our first uh, buzzword of the day, Korean ancient book. Mm-hmm. Why is it holding our attention this morning, uh, I, I suppose, uh, for the first time in a long while? Yeah, because uh, these uh, books have uh, been listed on the regional list of UNESCO's memory of the world. Uh, there is an ancient Korean history book. There is a collection of women's poetry that spans centuries and uh, also vast records of a massive oil spill that have uh, recently been uh. added to the regional list of the UNESCO memory of the world program. Um, let's start with the first one, shall we? Okay. Uh, the Cultural Heritage Administration uh, said that Samgugyusa, uh, which would be translated as memorabilia of the three kingdoms, uh, was granted the status during a general meeting of the UNESCO Memory of the World Committee for Asia and the Pacific. Uh, the meeting was hosted by the Korean Studies Institute and was held in the city of Andong mm-hmm. for three days. And uh, that meeting ended over the weekend on a Saturday. Clearly uh, marking an important milestone, it seems. So can we maybe tell our listeners a little bit more about Samgukyusa, Memorabilia of the Three Kingdoms? Yes, Samguk uh, Yusa is a book on the history, the mythology, folklore, even religion and literature of the three ancient kingdoms. And uh, it was written from 1281 to 1285 by Buddhist monk uh, in the aftermath of the Mongol invasions of Korea uh, between 1231 and 1270. Um, the book was, uh, you know, the, the book is very known here mm. in Korea, you know, it, you know, it's covered uh, during history classes here mm. in school. Now, another book that made the list this year uh, that was recognized by the UNESCO panel was Nebangkasa, uh, which would be translated as Songs of the Inner Chambers. Now, this book is a collection of 348 traditional poems. Now, these poems are special in that they're created and recited, also recorded by Korean women spanning centuries from 1794 to the 1960s. Mm. Um, So, you know, I I personally, I have never heard of this book before. But uh, to have a collection of like hundreds of poems spanning like, you know, all the way from the 18th century uh, but quite recently, I think is quite special. I, I think so, too. And it debunks a few myths. I mean, we assume that because of, of those times, women had less of an authority, power. That's right. And for them to be part of a history recording process sounds sounds kind of important, right? I, I'm hearing yes. about it for the first time. We provided some context, listeners. Now you can learn more about it now that it's been officially designated as one of UNESCO Memory of the World program. Uh, Last but not the least, you you mentioned the oil spill. Why would an oil spill have a place on these books? Yeah, um, uh, you know, for for our listeners who have been following Korean news, Mm -hmm. uh, back in 2007, there was a massive 
oil spill that was caused by a collision of a, a barge and a supertanker. Um, this happened off the coast of Tan, around 150 kilometers southwest of Seoul. Um, you know, it, 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 it made global news, actually. It was devastating at the time because uh, Tan is known to be like a really pristine area, uh, beautiful nature and such. Uh, so what happened then was, uh, I don't know how many people, like hundreds of thousands of Koreans uh, voluntarily headed down to Taeyeon and they literally with their hands, bare hands and a cloth cleaned off all that oil from that uh, 150 kilometer long coast. Mm. And uh, there is a vast record of that, the efforts to recover uh, the area from that devastating oil spill. And uh, that, uh, the vast record has also made uh, UNESCO's list this year. We're streaming some of the images and it's hard to believe all those. Okay, now we're zooming in on the pictures, but from afar, mm -hmm. this aerial image, if these tiny little human beings cleaning up these rocks, it looks yep. surreal. And I'm told by my producer that <laughs> apparently Chiwon was there too, cleaning the rocks. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm assuming one of those from the aerial shot is her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, it, it's... It's unheard of, isn't it? Just yeah. like, you know, people of a country just coming together. Nobody forced them to do this. No. But uh, just uh, they, they came together in spirit and uh, they, they cleaned up the entire area. I, I, I don't know. It's just it still boggles my mind. I think so, when too, because they're not, but, you know, we weren't really given any rewards for going down this place. Um, I think correct. South Korea is good at certain things and sometimes they need to be highlighted. A collective action in the face of true crisis. We're really good at mm -hmm. it, apparently. Yeah. So uh, to talk a little bit more about uh, UNESCO's memory mm. of the world, uh, South Korea previously registered three items on the Asia and Pacific list, uh, a set of traditional wooden plaques back in 2016, and name boards on royal palaces and uh, Maninso, mm. uh, both from the Joseon dynasty back in uh, 2018. Okay, there you go. You're all caught yeah. up, folks, on your history lessons. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on to those freezing temperatures. We've been warned, but I don't think any of us are ready for temperatures to dip below zero come midweek. You know, it's been really, really warm uh, in recent weeks, unseasonably so, actually. It was pretty hard to believe the winter was just around the corner. Now, cold weather here in South Korea typically starts in mid-November. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's been the warmest here in Korea this month in more than a decade, apparently. Mm -hmm. It's been so warm that in some parts down south, spring flowers have been blooming. They were confused. Uh, many people were suffering from mosquito bites still. Uh, mosquitoes have been thriving due to the mild weather of uh, the recent uh, few weeks and uh, the unusually warm uh, month is forcing ski resorts in the mountainous regions of Kangwondo province to push back their opening day. So in short, it's been really warm in South Korea and uh, it typically isn't around this time of the year. Yerika, just last night I was fighting off a team of mosquitoes, I kid you not. And uh, I got thinking, so annoying. now you guys come in in, in like sets? It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yep, right. <laughs> all right. All all little reasons to look at what's happening with the weather. I mean, these unprecedented, uh, yep. uh, unseasonable, warm uh, weathers. It's it's not it's not something that we've seen uh, so frequently in the month of November. And come midweek, it's going to be an abrupt shift all of a sudden. It's going to be really cold. 
Yeah, we're going to go back to, well, how it should be. <laughs> now, heavy rain is expected across uh, the country starting today uh, all the way through till uh, Tuesday morning, tomorrow, uh, mainly in the central region. And after that, the cold winter season is officially going to kick off. According to the Korea Meteorological Administration, it's going to start raining in Jeju-do Island early this morning. It's that rain is going to expand nationwide in the evening. Evening, uh, but much of the rain is expected to stop by Tuesday morning. All right. How much rain are we expecting today and tomorrow before it gets really cold? Yeah, a lot, actually. Uh, the weather agency has warned that the amount of rain could be the highest amount recorded in late November. Uh, in Seoul, the highest precipitation recorded so far in late November was 60.3 millimeters. And this was back in November, uh, November 29th of 1982. Uh, now, after the rain stops, the cold continental high pressure will expand and the temperatures will gradually drop starting tomorrow afternoon. Uh, the freezing temperatures are expected to last a few days this time around. Now, most of the regions across the country will see temperatures temperatures above 10 degrees Celsius tomorrow morning, but in the western part of the central region, the temperature will drop to minus 5 degrees Celsius, and some parts of the southern region will also see below zero temperatures. Now, the morning of December 1st, which is a Thursday, uh, temperatures in the northern part of the central region will drop to minus 10 degrees Celsius. Uh, the, the weather agency says there is also a high possibility of the season's first snow on the west coast of South Korea this week. Which is why we decided to dedicate our entire question on boxing segment to getting ready uh -huh. for the winter season. <laughs> yeah. um, yes, I've been dri driving my car around for two years, but it's never winter ready. So that's what we're going to try to do in our second uh -huh. hour. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Before I let you go, Erica, our final story of the day. Uh, I think any, any such talent uh, passing away at a young age, it breaks our hearts. And because the death came so suddenly, I think it shocked the world. Uh, the woman was best known for her success <coughs> from uh, the, the musical adaptation of film Fame and Flashdance. So she's a Grammy and Oscar winning artist. That's right. Uh, she was known for starring in and performing the title tracks from the 80s films Fame and Flashdance. And uh, she passed away on Sunday, and she was just 63 years old. Her publicist announced the news on Irene Cara's uh, social media account on Sunday. She said the cause of her death was currently unknown. Let's talk a little bit about the late star before we let you go, Erica. Yeah. Um, Irene Cara was uh, born into a working-class Puerto Rican and Cuban family in the Bronx neighborhood of New York City. Uh, she was a child actor. Her credits included a regular stint on the 70s children's show, The Electric Company, but uh, it was fame, uh, the, the, the famous 1980s movie that launched her to stardom. Uh, the movie was about a group of talented, young, you know, hopeful stars in New York trying to launch their careers in this uh, super cutthroat uh, performing arts world. She sang on the title track that was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Song. Now, three years later, she accepted the Oscar for Best Original Song for Flashdance, 
What a Feeling, along with the songwriting team of Flashdance. This was the year 1983, and she also won two Grammy Awards for her work on the movie Flashdance. To borrow from the lead track of fame, I'm Gonna Live Forever, that doesn't mean that we will defy life's unfortunate end, but her music and the celebration of her legacy still will continue, right? Correct. Thank you very much, Erica, for today's coverage. Have a safe day, and we'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.